Bezra the Shem. This is Parashat Sav 5782, Adarshani. And the, the rabbis, the sages teach us, Ain Sav El Avodah Sav command is a code word for idolatry and Ein Sav Ela Chisran Kis Miloshan Chisran Kis Sav has the Lashan of person needing to quickly accomplish something even though he wouldn't want to because it would cost him money so let's see if we can tie these ideas to some beautiful in Yanim, I was able to see over Shabbos, Bezer Hashem. So, the Rav Yitzchak Haizer is explaining in Pisei Sharim, Nesiv Arichan Pin Pesach Gimel, a very important episode in understanding creation and understanding how Hashem runs the world. So he says, you know, there's basically three major levels in the universe. Three is a classic way to split up any subject. So you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So the beginning, the head, is called Adam Kadmon. This is where Hashem's absolute infinity of Ein Sof light, Ein Sof meaning no limitation at all, no boundaries, limitless expression, which a thought cannot grasp that because thought grasps limited things. And Ein Sof literally means no end. So if there's no end, there's no beginning and there's nowhere to grasp onto. It just means absolute endless possibilities. Now, obviously, though, within those absolute infinite possibilities, there are particular possibilities because you can't say this is a classic point from the Rav Mikarona and others the Rav Ibn Mergabai you can't say that he's just built Kavul you can't say that Hashem is just with no limit because then you would be taking away from him the idea of boundary infinity must also include boundary for it to be truly infinite to be truly all-inclusive, it must also include the possibility of limited expressions. It's just that at the stage of Ein Sof, at the stage of the ultimate beginning, those boundaries are inscrutable. They're dissolved, so to speak, to our perspective. We can't see any boundary in there, any possibility of the power of particular expressions. So then the Chaber explains, the next level then is what's called Atik Yomim. It's called a mamutza, a transition. And this is a very interesting idea that the way it works is Hashem Yisparach, he guaranteed the end in the beginning. He wedged the end in the beginning, as we've been saying. That the end is the perfection of the universe, the perfection of all lack, the perfection of all darkness, the restoration of all brokenness to completion. And the fact is he already actually created that. He already created the solution to every problem, and he created a level where already, before history began, every problem was solved. Every hole was filled in. 
This is called the level of Atik. What's really interesting is that from that middle level fans out and spreads out like wings the lowest level, the third level, the end, which is everything else, which is Atsilas Bria which is the realms of the 6,000 years of history, where 6,000 years spread out into the six directions of up, down, right, left, front, back, or up, down, north, south, east, west. And there's tons of halachas, the halachas of the base of Mikdash, where this thing must be done in the east, this thing must be done in the west, the courtyards are square, this this sacrifice moves up, and then this one down. It's all about, it's all about, working in the world of the six directions of the 6,000 years of the six days of the week so now we've expressed our beginning our middle and end the beginning is the level of Adam Kadma the level of Ein Sof, the level of the expression of Ein Sof in our realm where it's absolute infinity the Javier explains though that the point of the middle level Atik where all the problems were already solved okay, before they began. This is the first verse of the Torah. And the rabbis teach us, Bereshis is a, a verse, a level where everything, every particular item in this world full of darkness and problems has already been perfected at the beginning, at the Reishis. But what Atik does, what this level of Bereshis does, is it connects the beginning to the end. See, because again, we said the end is guaranteed. The, the end, where everything is perfected, is literally in the, in the initial thought. It already has occurred. As the Baal Sulam, explains, that by Hashem, when he thinks of something, it's already been done. When he thought of a perfected world where all the darkness has flipped back to light, it was created. It was done in thought. And in Hashem's level of thought, it's a reality. By human beings, our thoughts don't make anything. We have to act. We have our thoughts, but we have to act on them to bring them out. Very, It's a very deep thing. That's not just like a thing. That's very much by design because the human being lives in the realm of the end. And in the realm of the end, in the realm of the legs is where thought and action have been separated. In the realm of the legs is where we have to express how every problem has been fixed by every solution. So then the, the tzaddikim, the Kabbalists, asked, well, if everything's just going to return to what it was, if every problem's just going to be solved again, so why did, we, why did we have to double this? Why did Hashem not just leave it at the level of Atik? Why did Hashem not just create a world where we had the problems that were already solved. This is expressed in the Pirkei Avot, in Parakei. Hashem created the world with ten statements, but He could have created the world with just one statement, meaning He could have just left the world at the stage of perfection of Atik, that middle level where you had problems, so to speak, you had the possibility of deficiencies, but they'd already been all solved, and that would have been a blissful existence. Why did Hashem put us in a world of pain? where the problems are separated from their solutions, which is represented by the other nine statements of creation. Because 
the, the, the next statement of creation about light implies darkness. Hashem said, let there be light, but he separated it from the darkness. Meaning, in the nine statements below the first statement, there are separations. There's a separation of the upper and lower waters. The upper waters are divine waters. The lower waters are crying waters that are separated from their origin. We live in a world of violent separations. Why does Hashem do that? So, what the Javier is explaining now is that the reason Hashem did that, the reason He created the end, the reason He created our difficult world is because, yes, it's true that all problems will be solved, all darkness will be flipped to light, all gaps and holes will be filled in. However, the way that we, we work through those issues will augment the infinity because the struggles that we go through to connect the dots that have already been connected that adds an additional layer, a doubling, a marat, a machpela, a stereo vision, a stereo audio, uh, where we have two eyes that see depth. Depth is created through the struggle. The way it works is you only see depth in your perception with your eyes when you have two eyes. Two eyes implies a right and a left eye. The right eye, the Kabbalists explain, sees good, and the left eye sees the problems. Problems is represented by depth, by a hole, by a gap, by, by a lack, by, by a vacuum. The right eye sees that vacuum filled in. But if you only had one eye, so to speak, if you only had the one eye of the level of Atik, so you don't, you, you kind of see a two-dimensional reality. It's, it's beautiful, it's perfect, but you don't see the depth. So what happens is Hashem creates the darkness of the left eye to temporarily see a gap, to temporarily see where the light go to temporarily see a, 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 a evacuation of the perfection. It's not really true. It's really still there. But from our perspective, we have to reveal it. The revelation of, of trying to match the right eye with the left eye, of trying to match the light to the dark, creates a depth perception, as we know, that we see depth in our visual, in our visual plane of, of vision through having two eyes. So that's the point of Hashem creating that, that end, that world of pain. The world of darkness is to create depth. It's to create depth. It's a very deep thing. It goes to the core of certain Kabbalistic teachings. That It's called, in, Kabbal in Kabbalistic teachings, Orech and Ovi. It means that, from Hashem's perspective, everything is equally filled with the holiness of Ein Sof. Everything is equally saturated with Kedusha, with holiness. From the, top to the, from the top level to the bottom. But that's from his perspective. From his perspective, every level, every lowest level, every most exterior outer level is completely encompassing and hugging every top level such that really in potential and in, and in a certain way in reality, every level is completely saturated. Every lowest level is completely saturated with the highest level. But this is what's called kamos and quantity. In quantity, that's true. In the quantity of spiritual potential, that's true. In the quantity of spiritual potential, everything is equally holy, such that really it merges back into like a flatland of perfect oneness. But from our perspectives, where we have two eyes, where we see good and bad, creates what's called orech, creates a depth perception, where <clears throat> from our perspective, from what's been revealed to us, the higher, higher levels are revealed as holy, but as we go farther out and farther down in the levels, we see less and less of that holiness, 
expressed in actuality in the lower and lower levels. It may be true that the lowest levels have the potential of the same amount of holiness as the higher, most inner levels, but from its actual revelation to us, where we are human beings with two eyes that see good and bad, with two ears that hear good and bad, with two nostrils that feels calm or angry, with a mouth that has a, a, a singular voice of, of pure crying out to Hashem versus the idea of speech and debor, which cuts and, and makes us talk, sometimes, God forbid, out of two sides of our mouth. So from our perspective, we see the duality, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing because by dealing with the duality, whereby in our dual vision the higher levels are expressed as holier than the lower levels, despite having the same potential at all levels. But what we see is a depth where it's not just a flat land where everything is equal, but because of our depth perception, we see the higher, more inner levels as more saturated with light and the lower, more exterior levels as less saturated with light. What this does is it creates shapes. It creates depth. It creates, it creates contours and definitions and that's attractive to us, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's something whereby the male is attracted to the female, um, and so what happens though is eventually, eventually, when Mashiach comes, the entire world will be filled with absolute knowledge of everything is one. However. It's not just going to flood. It's not going to be a flood. It's not going to be a flood where we lose the mountaintops, the peaks and valleys of the depth that we brought out through our struggle. Despite that, everything will be completely infused with Das. We will retain the depth, the, three, the 3D aspects of our world, the aspects where we experienced peaks and valleys, where we experienced gaps in the holiness from our perspective, which allowed for a depth to emerge. And when everything is perfected, we will retain that depth. There just won't be any more filth. There won't be any more death. There won't be any more real pain. Hashem will wipe the tears off of every face such that the aspect of gaps and vacuum and lack won't create pain, God forbid, anymore. But as the Ramchal Akadosh explains in Klach Pitrechachm over there, that all that will remain is a remembrance, a, a reshimu, a reminder of the of the lacks that were filled in, of the evil that was conquered. And all it will do from that point forward is just to serve as a basis, as a platform to show the depth of our of our righteousness, the depth of our steadfastness that we handled that we went through that and as a reward we will have augmented the infinity we will have earned the projection the bulging out okay of holiness that now we will see like the 3d image that was always possible but that we weren't able to see it until we went through the struggles it's sort of like they have these um they have these toys like these books for kids called magic eye um, I don't know if they make them anymore, and I always had a hard time with them. But it's like they, they have these interesting computerized designs on a, on a two-dimensional flat piece of paper, okay? It's like these weird patterns. You have to kind of like cross your eyes 
you have to like cross your eyes to draw the depth out of the page. It's like a fun little trick. So, so if you cross your eyes a certain way and look at the page, suddenly to your mind, like this 3D image pops out of the page. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That from the level of Ainsof and from the level of Atik, this depth is there, but we can't see it. To see it, we have to go through the end times. We have to go through a realm where temporarily thought is separated from action, where temporarily blessing is separated from the one that needs the blessing. Temporarily, heaven is separated from earth. But then when we reconnect them, we, we retain the gap. We retain the depth that we went through. There was a depth. There was a gap between the problem and the solution. And now, once the problem fills in the solution, we'll still retain the depth of it. We'll still retain the shape, the, 3D, the three-dimensional shape of it. That's why Hashem created the world. And how do we connect that with the Parsha? So why is Sav a Vodazara? It's a it's a Kabbalistic secret. It's a it's a thing because it's explained that there are three realms of creation. So within the realm of the end, there are three created realms: Bria, Yitzir, Asiya. In the lowest realm, Asiya is ruled by a certain name of Hashem. Um, it's uh, Kael. It's not Kael Havaya. It's Kael Adni. Yeah. So. 31 plus 65. Kale is 31. Aleph and Lamed. 65 is Adni. Right. So 31 plus 65 equals 96 equals Sav. Meaning to say Sav represents the lowest, lowest realm that within the realms of the end, within the realms of creation, Asiya, the lowest, lowest realm, by its very nature represents the farthest distance, the absolute farthest distance from the origin, the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the barrel. Being in this lowest realm constitutively, categorically means being the most distant, so to speak, from the source of holiness, from the source of blessing. That's what makes it the lowest world, is that it's the farthest away from the highest world. The highest world is the source, is, is the vault, is, is the bank of all, of all spiritual money, of all spiritual uh, um, solutions and satisfactions. And Asiya being here in the realm of Tzav, which is Avodazara, which is idolatry, which is the place where a person in his mind could think that they were absolutely distant from Hashem. This is the place of the greatest elevation. This is where there can be the greatest amount of three-dimensional augmentation, the greatest amount of bringing out the depths of Kedusha in a good way, the depths of holiness. By being relegated to being so far away only serves to bring out the depth that we augment the holiness, specifically in this lowest level. And that's why the rabbis say it's also a, 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 a mashmaos, an understanding of, of being, having zrizos, of chisron kis, of giving up your money. Giving up your money. I, I suppose what that means is, is the mitzvah of charity, the mitzvah of giving away your money, where you're losing. You, it seems like you're losing. My gosh, the holiest thing is giving tzedakah, but I'm losing money. That's money I could use to live, to to do something I need. I need that blessing. I need that money. But giving it away, being in a world where you have to give it away because, yeah, I have needs, but he has bigger needs than I have. That's why I give him tzedakah or her tzedakah. My gosh, my needs seem so difficult, but my needs aren't even the depth of it. 
her needs, his needs are even the depth of it. I think, I think that's the connection also. When we live in a realm where tzedakah is necessary, we, it, it allows us to see depth. It like it breaks our heart to have to give my money to somebody else because there's an even deeper hole than the one I'm in. And my hole isn't even so deep. So to be able to participate in filling in an even deeper hole, to filling in an deeper, even deeper lack, I suppose helps us to see the, the elevation of this depth. The way that this depth brings out my powers, my abilities, that Hashem bless me to be able to be in a situation to give charity, to give tzedakah, just brings out the godliness even more. I mean...